be rocking movie stars Driving with the top down cruising in fancy cars But what happens to the cats who only started now? What happens to the people trying to make a difference now? It's like, we all want to be poets, writers, and scholars We all want to be famous and cash in the big dollars But what happens to the cats who only started now? What happens if we just want to party down? Sometimes I try to speak, sometimes I'm stuttering, so... Hey everyone, welcome to Greater Than Real. This is our very first episode. Super excited. We, uh, who are we? The, we're three nerdy dudes who like to, yep, I, that's, I'm starting it off that way. <laughs> Set the tone, jeez. Setting the tone. We, uh, let's see, first I'm Tyler Young. Uh, I'm with Ryan White. We're in, uh, Ryan's apartment. What's up, Ryan? Casadel White. It's, uh, it's pretty fancy here. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Elegant. It's got a room with some cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Things on the wall, furniture. Yeah. And uh, we're also joined by Dred Johnson, who is way across the world. What's up, buddy? You know what's up, a.k.a. J-Rad, a.k.a. The Blunch Black, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> Stop my phone. <laughs> A.K.A. Reese's Pieces Jesus, A.K.A. Z4Q, another Q, another Q, and the Batman symbol. Did you really have that queued up, ready to go, <laughs> just for the intro? This is the first time I'm hearing a lot of these. <laughs> I've never heard you do that in my life. I just, I was like, yo, you know what would be a great, a great, uh, not another name for me? The, the sound, the really annoying DJ sound that they put on every single remix. <laughs> <laughs> you should really just play up Let's that get this whole. Party yeah, you should play up that persona. Like, <laughs> what's up, everybody? <laughs> just every time. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the other two guys are pretty normal, but then there's this one crazy wacky dude on Skype that just. <laughs> losing his mind because he's been on a fucking island for four years, and he is a crazy bee. So you're on a countdown to come back, basically. Um. So. Eventually, you're going to be on the show in person. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I'll give you guys so many hugs. All the hugs. <laughs> all of them. Farewell to the 32 womb. days. 32 days. 32 days left. So maybe, maybe like another three or four episodes before you're actually here in person. And we yeah. can do it for reals. Well, I guess 40 days because that's 32 days and I'm fucking gone from here. Don't get me wrong, anybody who lives on Guam, I doubt anybody from Guam is actually going to hear this, but uh, it's not a terrible place. I just am ready to leave. <laughs> it's nice to visit, not to stay, right? We're actually pretty yeah. big in Guam. Yeah, we're Sorry? huge in Guam. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, greater than real. Yep. We're, we're fucking superstars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyone in Guam, you know, we like you, <laughs> but we don't love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother, I'll go over to your house. We'll cook a pig. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, so who are we? We are guys that like to play games a lot, like to read comics, go to the movies, like to follow a lot of shows, and we talk about it all the time. And uh, me personally, I listen to podcasts every day for a few hours. I work overnights. I get to listen to headphones. That's what I, that's what I do. I listen to my phone. I listen to podcasts. And uh, I figured what better way to merge the two, talking about shit, playing shit, watching shit, and listening to shit, than to make a podcast of my own. So that's what this is. And the name, if you're wondering, Greater Than Real, it's really just, you know, you're bored with real life, you like to escape a little bit, you like to play games and listen to stuff, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. I like your tagline on the site, enthusiasm for escapism. 
Yep, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on that note, you can check us out at greaterthanreal.com. Uh, it's very bare bones right now. There's nothing really there yet. And uh, hopefully that this first episode is going to be um, the first big piece of content to get people in there. So if you're hearing us, most likely I, I did it. I got us on iTunes, so we're easy to find on there. So subscribe to us if you like it. Give us a review. Hopefully not one star. That would be soul-crushing. <laughs> that would be too honest. Just lie for us, please. Yeah, don't be honest. You know, just be a nice guy. Just give us five stars. You don't have to really feel like we're five stars, but, you know, just give us five stars. The first episode, cut us some slack. Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. All right, so uh, with that being said, let's start off. What What the hell are we playing? What do you... What do you Dread, Dread, what's your big game right now? What's like the, the one thing you're going to turn to? have a single big game i mean we've we've all been playing uh final fantasy 14 or realm reborn yeah yeah and uh i only play it because you guys play it (laughs) (laughs) there's no other reason for me to really have a game i'm not a i'm not an mmo guy i think the the gameplay in mmos is is stilted or it just it's because mmos are so vast because they are massive I feel like a lot of it is just thin, and I'm not a big fan of the, the point-and-click style of, of gameplay of this or RTSs or turn-based RPGs. Really, I, I, I need to I need to test my reflexes. So, kind of not too appealing, except when we're all you know in a dunny, we're all doing our roles. That then it becomes pretty intense and very fun. That's a dungeon if you're not up on the lingo. Yeah. If you're not street like us. I assume us. that if, you, if you're still listening to this podcast, I assume you have some idea of uh, the structure MMO. of MMO. Yeah, MMO speed. Yeah, we say FF14 and Dunny. You know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Money the Dunny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been playing that with you guys. I'm sure you guys will be able to go into better detail about it because you're not, you know, your words won't be dripping with disdain. Well, you know, I kind of felt the same way. I wasn't crazy excited about it, but I know that Ryan was playing it, and I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy. Uh, so I gave it a shot, not knowing too much about MMOs. And I know what you're saying, like, where you're kind of doing a lot of fetch quests, a lot of just, like, now go beat up ten monsters, now come back. Okay, now go beat up these ten monsters. Some of them are real lame, where it's like, <laughs> go pick up these three things that are five feet away from me, now come right back to me and talk. All right. Give me, some... give me an orange juice. I'm thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you can kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit and actually read all the dialogue and try to like picture your character into it, it's a lot of what you put into it. You kind of get out of it. You know what I mean? Almost yeah. like playing Dungeons and Dragons. If you're just sitting there like, I don't know why I attack. I don't know why I attack. You know, you're not going to get much out of it. So if you're kind of playing into your character in this, you're going to feel a little more fulfilled when you get stuff done. But I hear what you're saying, but once we start getting into the dungeons, if you really keep with it, it starts to open up, especially when you start flying through the, uh, the three cities, you can teleport, and then use the Ethernet, you can uh, you know, go into different raids, you can get into huge like 24-people raids, and you're, you're going after the primals. The story starts actually getting really cool, too. Yes. Um, once you get out of your starting city, and you start to open up and get into the, um, the Scions... The group of scions, that's when things start kind of getting cool for me, anyways. Um, yeah, I met them. They're all, all wearing white, they all got like white hair. 
<laughs> They're all mysterious. So mysterious. KKK dudes. They're like um, Final Fantasy's version of um, oh, what's that super secret Marvel group? Illuminati. The Illuminati. Yeah, they're like the <laughs> Illuminati. Or the uh, the Blades from uh, Skyrim. Yes, they're like a Spectre for Final Fantasy. Oh, a Spectre group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many of those groups now that I think about it. Not like sci-fi <laughs> mm-hmm. or fantasy games. Bit of a troop. But it's cool. It's a trope I like. I yeah. enjoy it. Um, I also really like the crafting. Surprisingly deep. I didn't yes. think it was going to be that involved. Yes. It is uh, very time-consuming, too. In kind of a good way. I like, um, I like getting the materials and then like trying to get the, the highest quality yeah. piece of thing I can, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I started doing leave quests for, uh, for crafting, which is That's really cool. fun. It's really boosting my, uh, my experience, too. I'm like... Level 16 or 17? Uh, yeah, that's carpenter. the fastest way to level a craft. If you just try and level that craft by just making stuff over and over, you will take a long time. It takes a while, yeah. But yeah, once you start doing those those quests, those leave quests... They give you a huge chunk of bonus XP, especially if you turn in a high-quality item. So now, Ryan, you've played the game more than the two of us. Mm-hmm. You've already beaten it a couple of times, right? I've beaten the main storyline. So you still... Feeling like uh, like invested in it, like you're gonna go on to the PS4 version and uh, keep going. Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of that is because you can just uh, on the same character you've been playing, you can pick up a new class and start at level one. But you still have all of the stuff that you've earned from the first time that you played through. So it's an easier way to essentially start the game fresh from a different perspective, get a little more replay out of it. Once I have another class of 50, like, do I want to try some of the other ones? Maybe. I don't know. Once you finish the storyline, you get into the end game. You have a lot of options, which is a nice feature of the game. It has a fairly robust end game spread. But it really just, as in all MMOs, it it just kind of comes down to you doing the same kind of, like, 12 instances over and over and over again grinding points trying to move on to more difficult versions of those same instances so at some point with an mmo you're kind of waiting for the next patch you're waiting for the expansion you're waiting for new content the good thing about this game is that it has a very nice polished end game that is fun to continue playing long after you've kind of built finished the storyline and, and maxed out your character. So there's enough there to like keep you yes, wanting to play. Engrossed. Plus the uh, the PS4 version's coming up, which mm-hmm. is even if you started off fresh, I think it's enough it's polished enough, it's it's it looks good enough and there's enough there to like want to start over. But you get to they're doing this nice thing where you get to uh, transfer all your stuff over to the PS4 version yep. free if you have the PS3 version, so you ha- don't have to buy PS4, you get yes. it for free, you can download it, you can transfer it, and a few days earlier than people just buying the PS4 version yes. on its own. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, this is going to be their first MMO. They're very smart to put this on the PlayStation. It is for me. Especially now with the launch. Yeah. I think a lot of people, plus they want to give it a try, people who wouldn't otherwise play an MMO. I mean, yeah. you played DCUO though, Tyler. I played a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's the free-for-play uh, uh, free-to-play, like, mechanics they use in it, but there's something about it that I just, like, it's fun, but I don't feel really invested, I don't feel connected to it. Like, this Final Fantasy XIV uh, really has its hooks in me, like, DCU didn't really. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'll, just because I'm not as into the DC stuff as much, so if the theme of the game isn't really pulling me in, I'm not going to throw that much into it. But I will say that the thing that Final Fantasy definitely has on it is just like there's a level of polish with the way that yeah. everything's kind of set up, the the art design, the mechanics of the game. It's very much a traditional MMO. They definitely did not reinvent the wheel on this thing. This is Warcraft like 2.0, basically. But well, they they had to polish it. I hate to interrupt you, but they had to polish it because when it first hit Final Fantasy 14, however many years ago, it was a turd. Yes. It came out and it was just a just a fucking abortion, and nobody wanted to go anywhere near it. Yeah. And to so Square they, Enix's credit, you know, they completely turned it around and rebuilt the game, you know, from the ground up, and like, okay, you didn't like this try this one out and actually people love it you know and i can't believe you know no other company has really done that it's shocking yeah i i mean they could have just let it die um the fact that they decided to essentially like you know restart development on it and rebuild it from the ground up and try again is like almost unprecedented unprecedented, it is unprecedented. in the game industry uh, and and the fact that it's become successful also is is kind of amazing and i like their um their like dedication to it because they they keep putting out new stuff and and the things on the horizon are really exciting too like the gold saucer, oh yeah, shit yeah man snowboarding I don't know they probably I remember that, that game but that would be pretty the snowboarding funny. game <laughs> yeah. I was terrible at it but it was fun <laughs> and the chocobo racing that was cool yep I feel like they probably will do chocobo races for gold saucer which will be totally fun well there are rumors of uh, chocobo breeding right yes so apparently with the free company reason, right? there you go they start doing the you breed your own chocobo and then you can race at the gold saucer yep mm. yep uh, they, now, I can tell I, they want you to do stuff with chocobos which is cool can I breed a gold chocobo and then fly to the hidden island in the very corners of the <laughs> map and then pick up the knights of the round material so I can't do that. there's no there's no reason to other yeah, game uh, wasn't it called like Chocobo, Chocobo Hot and Cold or something? Maybe I don't remember that. Chocobo Hot or Not? You That's like leading right? around the map and it would dig up treasure for you. Oh, really? Oh, that, that was. Is that nine? That anyway. Well, the the Gold Saucer alone is exciting enough, and and I wonder if they're gonna do stuff like you know like PvP battles there, and you know some kind of um prize system where if you you know get a high score from the leaderboards of a certain game you can get certain like arena boosts or, or gill or whatever that could be very very cool yeah uh i've been playing outlast a little bit how's that going well you got back into it i thought it scared you away <laughs> well no i just wanted to bring it up for the podcast i haven't played it since i played with you guys <laughs> since we were watching you because we're not playing that game <laughs> it's too scary i can't do it by myself I'm man I don't know if it's the game is really that scary or if I'm just kind of a kind of a, a wimp, but that... you're you're not bitching out on this. That game makes bitches of everyone, <laughs> and I don't mean to offend anybody who's offended by the word by bitch, but it's the first term that comes to mind here. Sissies, well, sissies. <laughs> Seriously, like if you if you just go on YouTube and look up any video of people playing Outlast, people shit themselves for good reason because <laughs> you can't fight anybody you're just powerless every time you see an enemy just like oh my god get away hide under the bed <laughs> and it's that game i'm not sure i think it may have the this whole new horror genre may have actually started with the uh the slender man the, the, the slender game i think so the, i think i want to say the arrival uh the eight pages was the first one yeah i want to say that was the 
first really come out and say, hey, all you can really do is run. Doesn't that scare the shit out of you? And then people were like, wow, this is frightening. We haven't had a frightening horror game in a long, long time. Let's just make a whole genre about this. So and then you have, the, you know, the Slender, the Arrival, the bigger budget version of that game, which people didn't like as much. And then they came out with Outlast, and they came out with most of this as indie developers on PC did all these. And uh, Daylight, same way. That's you're right, Daylight's another one. What is it? I forget what it is on Daylight, but you're, there are witches after you, and you've got a camera, or you've yeah. got a phone that you can use. It's a whole supernatural side to it, right? Yeah. You, can, you look down the dark hallways, you see glowing eyes, of witches trying to drive you mad every time I get close to you. Uh, hmm. It's, it's very reminiscent about, it reminds me of Outlast without you getting beat up by giant naked muscled bros, you know? Oh, those guys are creepy as hell. And they're completely naked. They're just standing there, stark naked. naked. Yeah. All the way naked. Mm-hmm. You don't see that very often uh, in games. Certain, Definitely do not. It was kind of unsettling. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, I totally see full frontal, you know. Pixelated dong. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can show the dong as long as it's not erect. If it's erect, then it's offensive. All of a sudden. Too aggressive. It's threatening. <laughs> Either way, I'm offended. <laughs> but, uh, so playing Outlast by myself is kind of a hard thing to do. So what I found was playing on PS4 and broadcasting and talking to people while I'm doing it gives me a little bit more courage because I know that there's, like, people there I can kind of, like, talk to. So I kind of do this distracting thing where I'm talking the entire time I'm walking around, like... All right, well, here I go, opening up this door now. Hope nothing's going to scare me. Yep, there's a guy in there. Okay. (laughs) Just to keep myself, you know, a little bit bold while I'm like, okay, here we go, down this hallway. (laughs) I think it's funny when you, because we were doing that, and you were, we were on Ubu, and you were also talking and broadcasting through Twitch, and there was that lag, so we can hear you on Ubu freaking out. (laughs) <laughs> Wait till you see this, <laughs> and then we actually watch it on Twitch and see what happened. We'll freak you out. Yeah, I got to call it out before it even happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait till you see what's around that corner. Cause <laughs> so here's, 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 I'm glad that I don't like show it too much in my face, like you were saying. That I don't like, like freak out. <laughs> I may look a little stoic, but in my brain is just like a madhouse. Just ah, God, get out of there. Uh, any, anything else you guys are playing, or just really FF14 right now? Um, Ryan, you got anything? For me, that's pretty much all I'm playing right now. Just kind of waiting for other things to come out. It's a slow time for video games. March is going to be well, good, um, though. I don't want to step I mean, on your toes, Dredd, with uh, any of the news articles, but I'm looking forward to South Park in, like, what, a week? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be one of the reasons I'm not fully invested in Final Fantasy, because I know that, uh... An RPG that's going to grip me by my taint is, is coming right around the corner. For me, I don't think that's going to take away from Final Fantasy because that game is great to play with you guys when I want to do a whole group thing. Uh, South Park's going to be a great like single-player experience I can just play when yes. I'm not yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Plus, it's going to be I, uh, a giant South Park movie. <laughs> I am. I mean, Strider was released for the PS4, PS3, and I want to say Vita last week. And I played the demo for that. I don't know if you guys know about Strider. I've heard a lot about it, and at first I wasn't excited. I'm like, okay, this looks kind of generic, I don't know. But the more I hear about it, so it's a classic, it's like a remake of a classic game called Strider, right? And Yeah, it's resurrection of a classic Nintendo game of, of a ninja back in early 90s, 80s when ninjas were, you know, 
overtaken the world. They made this Capcom made this ninja game where you, you're a cyber ninja essentially. And I don't think anybody's ever heard of that before Strider. Holy crap, you're a fucking ninja with a lightsaber. You're unstoppable. So before Gray Fox. Yes, this was this was well I'm not sure if it was before Frankie Yeager, Gray Fox, but it was before he became the cyber ninja of uh, Metal Gear Solid One. Okay, because that wasn't until like ninety eight, right? 95, 98, 98, 98 sounds right. Yeah. All right, sorry. Continue. But it's, um, yeah, it is a 2D, kind of 2.5D because everything's 3D, but you're playing along a 2D plane, side-scrolling, platforming, cut em up okay. And it is fast-paced, it is pretty. <clears throat> My only issue with the demo, which is why I did not buy the full game, is that characters will attack you from off the screen a lot. And it feels like they're taking a lot of cheap hits on me, and it upsets me. Hmm. It can't, there are, I mean, it's not every single place. There are some places where the camera backs out, pans out uh, wide enough so you can see your environment, you can see where the enemies are, you know how to tackle and get in there. When you're moving around and you have a plan, it's fun. But there are lots of times where it zooms in really close, and you can't see the guy who's going to be like five feet ahead of you. He already sees you, and he's already taking a shot. Mm. Kind, of, kind of a pain. Is it enough to, like, break the game for you, or do you think... You might get the full version. I might get the full version maybe when it drops in price, but it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't a game where I was like, "Ooh, I gotta! I have to have this right now." Uh, how much is it? I want to say fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. I might get it. That's kind of cool. I heard it. Not to over, use an overused term, but uh, Metroidvania. I heard it's kind of like that. That's a perfectly apt term for this scenario. Yes. I can't think of a better term. So I, I, I keep one of those games where you run back and forth and collecting power up so you can go back to the other spots where you couldn't get before. I like that. You know, I would get it now, but again, it's only a week away from some South Park, and that's like the yeah. one thing that's on my mind right now. Right. And that's before Infamous Second Son comes out. Which well, is... before Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, and then before Infamous. Oh, God. I know, right? And I absolutely have to get the South Park and the, the Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. I absolutely have to get all three of them. I'm going to play the shit out of Ground Zeroes. I keep hearing that, okay, it's only supposed to be two hours long, but that's just the story. I feel like knowing Kojima, knowing the the earlier Metal Gear Solid games, they're going to have so much packed into that small area that I'm just going to keep playing until I'm a fucking expert, and then I'm going to oh, go yeah. into the main game and kill it. I'm going to try to seek out every, like, every pervy magazine, every little... You know, disgusting, uh, yeah. Japanese, horny guy, etchy, Easter egg they put in there. There's going to be a bunch. Cause you it's, know there's going to be. a Kojima game, and he always puts them in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some weird little conversation things you can find from calling people from weird spots. Mm-hmm. Shooting dudes, like, in the leg and letting them, like, limp around while they try to call for help and then see what happens. You know, like, knocking dudes out in weird spots, like on a toilet or something. Now, they just dropped the price for Ground Zeroes, didn't they? Yes. Really? They did. They Well, what they did was because the most unreasonable price was originally, it was the PS3 and Xbox 360, you can get the digital version for 20 bucks and the physical version for 30 and then for the next-gen stuff, it was digital version for 30 physical version for 40 But just recently, they, I guess they've heard everybody's outcries, and they've dropped the price from 40 bucks to 30 bucks for the retail version. Hmm. Oh. That's pretty nice. I mean, I was going to get it anyways. 
Kojima's earned my money over the course of years of being one of the few really awesome Japanese game developers. So, yeah, there was no and, doubt I was going to get it anyways. I was going to buy it no matter what the price, really. But it's nice that they dropped it, you know? Yeah. Shows they care. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, movies. I saw the Lego movie. You guys, you guys, have you guys seen it yet? Heard it's pretty funny. Neither? Okay. I'm not going to ruin anything about it, which is weird to say about a, a movie about toys, about a Lego movie, but there is a kind of like nice little surprise ending thing, and it kind of gave me the feels. You know, like I, really? I got a little misty at the end there, that hmm. there's something about it, some kind of like touching moment of humanity in there at the end that uh, really kind of hit me, and I liked it. It was nice. So, you know, it's really funny and really goofy, but then it has this nice kind of, like, heartwarming touch to it, you know? Okay. So it has a decent plot. It's not just a loose connection of references and jokes. Yeah, there's definitely a nice, solid plot in there, and uh, the voice acting's really well done, and the, the writing's really... It's goofy, but it's tight, and it's fast, so the jokes keep coming, and the story is really fast-paced. Plus, it looks incredible. Like, it's hard... Like, I, for a little while, I thought it really was that's kind of stop-go animation. They had little mm -hmm. Legos, but it's all CG. Mm -hmm. It's just really well done. So I can't wait for the sequel, which they're already working on. Really? Yeah. You said that? That's part of my uh, one of the news articles I had here. Uh, yeah, they, they already started uh, writing the second one, because the first one is still number one, I think. Yeah, it's still making money. Like, for the past like, three weeks, it's been number one at the box office. So, awesome. The only thing I've seen about it is just this one screen grab of um, Charlie Day's character in the movie. He plays like an old 80s like spaceship Lego guy, like an astronaut dude. He's like really like hyper overactive and everything. Yeah. He might be like the main guy for the next movie. I'm just kind of guessing. This is just what I'm uh -huh. glomming together from what I've seen. But that would be awesome because he was a great character. Wow. Blom. <laughs> um, gravity. Oh, dude, I just saw Gravity. You saw it, Ryan. Yes, I have seen Gravity. Dread, have you seen it yet? I have not seen Gravity. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, did you see Children of Men? Uh, I think I have that in my Netflix queue. Children of Men is a phenomenal movie. Or I've seen it so long ago <laughs> that I forgot about it. Then you should watch it again. It is amazing. Yeah, Children of Men is, is fantastic. And that's Alfonso Cuaron, who also did Gravity. And I thought I remember you saying that you liked it, because I was going to say that there's a lot of scenes in that where there's like big one-take action scenes where the camera doesn't cut away at all, and it yes. really pulls you into that action. Yeah. And Gravity does that like most of the movie is like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's fantastic because it's up in space. You really feel like that isolation and like just drifting away without an anchor and, you know, feel like you're just going to float away and starve and die. It's really like tense. Sandra Bullock does uh, do a really good performance in that movie too. Yeah, and she's, she's pretty sexy nice too in that movie, surprisingly, <laughs> I think. Looking good. When she's, you know, takes off her spacesuit in that one part, she's pretty good. No? Am I alone? <laughs> All right. But <laughs> <laughs> you get, get down on that 50-year-old She is a beautiful woman. <laughs> the, the only thing I didn't like about that movie was uh, George Clooney, really. 
Is it just me, or did, did he seem, like, too overconfident about the situation he was in? He was just, like, his character was like, I'm a cool guy, like, I don't know. So he was George Clooney. Yeah, Basically. he's being George, George Clooney. George Clooney in space. Yeah. George Clooney in space. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he was too cavalier about the entire situation. Like, I understand he was trying to be the bigger guy to make Sandra Bullock's character feel better about the situation and just do what she had to do. Right. But it was too much. Like, he didn't have any... It was any... almost he was, like, jaded about the situation. Like, yeah. Like, telling stories about like, his divorce. I can't believe this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you want to think this mission's bad, right? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about that time I was in a bar in Barstow and burp, 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 you know, just... Dude, you, you, you're gonna die. Like, <laughs> you <Yeah>. need to... <laughs> this is real now. Yeah. That's the only crap I had about the movie. Like, and the rest of it is almost perfect. My only thing about the movie is, uh, without spoiling any plot or whatever, I did feel that after a while it sort of started to feel convoluted or sort of forced. Oh, like the um, like the action sequences, like there's too much like going on. Like how many things were happening, like over and over. Like the bill, the movie kind of builds and builds, and it kind of has this pace, and stuff keeps happening, and. It's exciting at first, but for me personally, after a while, it started to feel kind of, I want to say silly, but not silly, but... I was in it. I was... I was A little less incredulous. In it the whole time. There's no part where I was like, come on. Yeah. Actually, there's one part, but that turns out to be something else, but yeah, it was... It was... I'm sorry I'm ruining this, this explanation of what's going on, your, your, the way you feel about the movie, because you guys are trying not to spoil it for me. Oh, good. That's all right. I'm, I'm saying I'm oh, oh. right now you guys are like oh well this thing and that thing no that's fine you know I don't want to ruin things. it I don't want to give any spoilers anyway to people who haven't seen it because it's still out in theaters it's true and you should see it it's Oscar nominated I believe so you should, should definitely go back get a shot I believe it's, so I think it's still in theaters I don't think it ever left yeah well it's definitely on like Blu-rays and other shit really I saw it like a week or two ago I think it's up for Oscar consideration, I'm pretty sure. And usually, in that case, they tend to put them back into theaters for a little while. Oh, well. I wouldn't be surprised time. if it's still in IMAX. Maybe. That's, that's how I saw it, too. It was awesome in IMAX. Yeah? Oh, man. IMAX and Guam. Oh, really? None? You gotta get the fuck out of there, dude. 30 days. 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also saw Robocop. How was that? It was a movie. <laughs> it, it, you know, I've seen the original one a few times. I really like it. There's something magical about the first one, how it's just so over the top. Like, it's funny. It has something to say about, like, that 80s American capitalism. It's, it's like, pretty smart. Over, like, over the top, brutal. It's Frank Miller. You can tell it's Frank Miller. Like, it's goofy. This movie had none of that. Bitches leave. <laughs> Bitches leave. <laughs> Bitches leave. <laughs> I had Red Foreman. <laughs> yeah. Bitches leave. This had none of that. Like, this movie was, like, just a normal action movie where they try to, like, inject a lot of drama in it. It's all about, like, Alex Murphy and how he's dealing with being RoboCop and how his family's dealing with it and how this corporation's, like, lying about his, like, mental state and how they're like making a more computer and robot than man and how he's like trying to break out of it and and it, all said the movie is about like two hours long i think it's like an hour and 50 minutes there's like 
maybe 10 minutes of action in it. Like, I swear, like, Robocop only fights for, like, 10, 20 minutes. Really? Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, the whole time you're, like, dealing with... Well, first of all, him getting, like, his accident is just, like, the car blows up. I don't care if I spoil that. He just, like, walks outside, car blows up. <laughs> Nothing. Like, and it was really quick, and then, okay, in, in the hospital, his wife signs a thing, and now he's Robocop. And, and his well, body's still is... mostly intact, right? No. He, like, is nothing left. He's, like, a head, a brain, uh, his lungs, and, like, a hand. Yeah, I thought that I heard that he was basically still there. He was just wearing a robot suit as no, a no. full robot. He's, that's basically a robot with a human head on it. Okay. And a hand. All right. So, I mean, that's that's pretty similar to the first movie. Which, by the way, it was really creepy when they showed him, when they, like, just without the suit, like, what was keeping him alive, and they kept on that shot for a very long time, and it was kind of unsettling, because it looked real gross. <laughs> <laughs> you could, like, see his lungs, like, moving and pulsating, like, in this weird, like, cage thing. It was very <laughs> strange. Yeah. It was real gross. And, like, yeah, it's, I really don't recommend seeing it, because it's not even really, like, fun. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it. Because, like, the first Robocop, it's fun. It's like, fun. They you... took a fun, funny movie, and they made it, like, the most generic thing ever. Yeah. Like, they did the same thing with Total Recall not too long ago, that Colin Farrell movie. It was the same thing. Yeah. They just sucked all the life out of it. Yeah. How many successful reboots have there actually been? Dread 3D and... Dread was good. Dread was super good. I rally around that movie. Yes. That that is a true remake because they fixed a broken movie. Yep. Robocop was not broken. It was damn near flawless. And then they tried to reboot it for some reason instead of just make another sequel and they fucked up the whole story. Yep. Although Robocop did have a lot of lousy sequels that yeah, you could say already ruined the story. So. <laughs> I've actually never I've seen two, but I've never seen three. Was there four? Well, there's, there's one, two, three, and then there's a bunch of ones with weird subtitles. Dark really? Future. Really? Intercept. And it's you can see them on Netflix. If you watch, or I don't know if they even have all the RoboCops on Netflix anymore, but at one point they did, and I had a RoboCop marathon. Oh, man. And when you finish with three, it says, now nah, you should watch, and then it gives you all these weird offshoot RoboCop titles that just are terrible. Are they at least fun to watch? Like, like bad good? They tried taking into a darker, serious direction, and it doesn't work out. Ah. Uh, so you don't recommend watching them? Yeah, I don't fun? recommend that at all. Go ahead and watch RoboCop 1 and 2. If you are still on a high, use RoboCop 3 to bring you back down to normal. <laughs> and then stop there. And don't watch the new one, really. Like, maybe, uh... Watch it like on like if it's streaming on Netflix someday or something or on TV. Go ahead, but I wouldn't feel free give to it, hate watch it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go to the movies and give them money for it. They shouldn't. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, they. they I'm sh- not encouraging this kind of behavior. Yeah, don't give money to the people that made this decision. Yes. It's bad. Yes, they need to learn. Yeah. Uh, any shows you guys are watching? Well, I don't. You didn't have any movies, right? I mean, you guys didn't have anything uh, burning. Well, it did kind of break today, I believe, that there's a semi-official rumor that 
Adam Driver, the guy from Girls, is going to be playing a villain in the new Star Wars movie. You son of a bitch. You stole my news article. What? You, I, didn't you just say you were done with movies? With what we're watching with movies. I didn't even get to the news part, but that's fine. I don't care. But uh, I did see that. Okay. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen Girls? Or uh, what's, what's the other one? I've watched a couple episodes of Girls. Uh, Inside uh, Lewin Davis. He only has a very small part in that, from what I gather. I have not seen that movie, but... I haven't this either. guy's, really like, blown up in a huge way. I, like, I don't really like girls, and from what I've seen on girls, like, he's okay, but, like, I'm continuously surprised that this guy's career is, like, blowing up, because I personally, I do not get the attraction. Really? But so you don't think he will be a good fit as a villain? My only concern about it is that if he's going to be the main villain in the movie, he's young, and I don't know, you know, I feel like we just had three prequel movies where they had a young protagonist that, like, bitched and moaned all through it, and it got, like, really irritating. So you want to see, like, so. a big, like, older, darker, looming kind of yes. villain? Yes, yes. want to see Darth Vader, really. They're saying he's going to be Darth Vader-esque, and, like, I'm just looking at this guy, and I don't see it. Like, I don't really get the gravitas there. But he could totally blow me away. I said the same thing about Heath Ledger. I did too. The Joker. I had so many reservations about and Heath he Ledger. And he blew me away. So I could be totally wrong about this guy. I have faith in J.J. Abrams, really, for this movie. I feel I like... You don't? You aren't a fan of the Star Trek movies? I do not like the Star Trek movies. Oh. Really? Not even the second one? No, not even the second Especially not the second one, actually. I like the second one a lot. I didn't really like the first one, so the second one had to go a long way to turn my opinion around. Um, I doing it. They're like, okay, action movies, and a lot of people kind of say that they're more Star Wars than they are Star Trek, which I sort of agree with in a weird way. So I'm optimistic that J.J. could actually maybe pull off a good Star Wars movie. But in terms of Star Trek, I don't think they're particularly good Star Trek movies. I'm not a big fan. A big fan of Star Trek: The Show. Maybe that's why I really liked the first movie. I still haven't seen the second one, but I was really impressed with the first one. Not being a fan of Star Trek, but really liking Star Wars. So maybe that's why I'm more excited for J.J. Abrams to do the Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes, knowing that he's such a big Star Wars fan, you know, he, he's you know yeah. a fan like us, or even more so because you know he's older. He watched you know. The uh, the movies, right? Long in time theaters. ago in theaters, maybe yeah. And uh, I'm sure he still has some of that rage too from all the special editions and all the weird yeah. stuff they've been doing with yeah. it. So I'm excited to see what he's gonna bring to the story. Yes, if he's gonna try to like clear something up, maybe make some of it, maybe not streamline it, but at least just make it interesting again. Like I didn't care about. Darth Vader's rise to being Darth Vader. I liked Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone really wanted to see that. You know, when they when you're watching the original trilogy and they talk about the Clone Wars and they just kind of like drop it and move on, you're like, ooh, that sounds so cool. What were the Clone Wars? And then you actually see it and you're like, oh, oh okay. Clone Wars. <laughs> well, it could have been awesome. but It could have been they awesome. Had a, they had to doctor it up for the kids. No. Yeah. I think they should have left that all alone. I, You know, there's no better way to ruin the mystique of your villain by showing him being a irritating nine-year-old. Yeah, like, for example, like Joker, right? 
one of my favorite things about Joker is you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's just the Joker. Mm-hmm. If you went back and showed like his entire life story of being a kid and being picked on and then like growing up and being whatever, you know, his whole story, it would lose that mystique and yeah. I wouldn't be as afraid of him knowing right. who he is. Right. So Darth Vader, like effectively like watching him be this like snotty little kid and then growing up and being this snarky teenager asshole and then just basically turning into a villain. Like, I don't care anymore. Like Right. That's not fun to watch. Right. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Hayden Christensen's performance was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Is he the the young? Uh, the, no, he was older. Teen, Anakin, Anakin, the teenage, and then he's the second. The guy from the second one, the third one. Okay, yes. okay. I thought you and said the original was, uh, Anakin. Jumper. <laughs> they saying the original Anakin does such a great job because that kid, <laughs> he's got some acting chops. Quad racing is so wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, R2! <laughs> cool! Oh, <laughs> Alright, well, I'm just going to keep going with the, the news articles then, since we're kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the, the new trailer for Godzilla. Have you guys seen that one yet? It just came up on the internet? I think I saw I the teaser trailer with, like, the skydivers or something. Yeah, the but first not the new one, one, yeah. Okay, so there's a brand new one, and it's um, Brian Cranston's basically like the narrator through it. It's like one of his, a few of his lines from the movie. And it's like one of his like tense lines where he's like kind of breaking up and almost crying through it. And like he really puts on a great performance, especially like just in this one scene, so I don't know. And then they show a bunch of like action scenes of like them like launching nukes at, uh, at Godzilla and stuff like that. And I think. What they're they're alluding to is like the the bombing tests out like the Pacific. Yeah, they're, they're like saying that they weren't tests. They were actually they knew about Godzilla being out there and they're trying to kill it with nukes and it You're wasn't kidding. working. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it still wasn't working. So this looks like I don't know if Godzilla's supposed to be bigger than what we've seen before, but he looks massive in this movie, like fucking huge. Hmm. You know, he's always super gigantic, but. You can never really tell that from the old ones because they always did that, you know, miniature city thing and a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, he now always looked like a, a King Kong size. Perspective, and they're looking up at this huge, towering, insane reptile thing. Yeah, it looks cool. Now, here's the thing, though. I still have a bad taste in my mouth. I know it was 14 years ago, but Godzilla 2000. <laughs> the Matthew Broderick one? Yeah. <laughs> All I can think of is that when I'm like, okay, new American so Godzilla bad. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the first thing that comes to mind. Yep. So I don't know if this is going to be good, but I definitely i am guarded about it because... All I can think of is that Matthew Broderick piece of shit Godzilla 2000 movie with that Green Day fucking remix song that they put for the uh. soundtrack. Well, uh, Brian Cranston is certainly a step up. Yeah, he, yeah, he gives me hope. The, the the thing that everybody's saying about the, I mean, it shows Brian Cranston's merit as an actor, where he is the focal point of a movie about a giant reptile monster thing. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Brian Cranston was super duper awesome in that." Even though this is not a movie about Brian Cranston, this is a movie about a giant monster thing that destroys cities and kills a bunch of people. <laughs> I think he's going to add a nice, like, human aspect to it. You know? A needed human element. Yeah. Because the rest of it's going to be too big and too crazy. I think he's going to ground it in a nice way. Yeah. Because he's going to be fun to watch on screen anyways. 
So I think, like, with him and this awesome Godzilla thing, it looks pretty promising. I don't know. I, I'm most likely going to see it in theaters and give them my money. Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for that. I'm not I'll a big fan of disaster films, and that's what this looks like to me. But you loved Pacific Rim, didn't you? Yeah. I absolutely loved Pacific Rim because it was giant robots fighting Godzillas. Well, you it's still a kind of a disaster movie, though. And I am there. What if... What if that was like a V twist that they don't show yet? Like they come up with Mecha Godzilla in the movie <laughs> and they battle it out. That would be epic. <laughs> that could be pretty cool. Do you think this movie's coming out like so soon? Like all of a sudden, not so soon, but all of a sudden because of Pacific Rim, like the popularity of that movie. No, I'd... this movie was already in development. It's been developed for a while. True, it's... but I mean, like, remember, like. Movies do that, like Deep Impact, and then Armageddon came out like around the same time, and then there's like Twelve Days Later, and then The Day After Tomorrow, or what was it 2012, and then The Day After Tomorrow was like yeah around the same time. I mean, it sounds like another one of those. There was giant monsters, giant aliens, and robots. Uh, Transformers Four is coming out soon, and then mm. we have a big Godzilla movie. It seems like a theme that might be popping up, like giant monster robot thing. Now, Pacific Rim well, didn't do that well, did it? It did not do that well in the States, but oh, it, did it did big overseas. Oh. China, Japan, all those guys loved it. Really? They would? Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, there was an article in a Chinese newspaper about how some guy said that, what did he say? He said that this was American propaganda against the rest of the world, saying that they're the best and the only defense. And Idris Elba's character was, you know, this... this monarchal fucking monarchical character that was trying to oversee everything as in as the american fucking machine rolls on american war machine and then they they forgot to mention that idris elba's character is a british dude in the movie and he's, so, he's playing a british dude too yeah exactly okay it was, well. it was a whole stupid thing but yeah th- that movie did bigger overseas than it did in the states it did okay in the states but they did much better overseas in it's already been greenlit for a sequel. It was greenlit before it released. Oh, so they're already getting a sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's been greenlit for it. We just got to see what Guillermo del Toro wants to do. Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah. I love saying his name. Guillermo. <laughs> I um, I still have to see the first one. I sadly haven't seen it yet. And I'm not against it, either. I just, uh, I don't know. It's never... I, I'm not... I wasn't super excited about it. But I'm not against it, either. I, I definitely... I'm going to find a way to... I'm going to rent it or something. I need to watch it. Because I think I'll see the second one in theaters if it's good enough. I was super excited about it. It did not let me down. It was one of the movies that overstimulated me. When I was watching it in theaters about 75, 80% away from the movie. I couldn't... Like, my body, my brain couldn't take it anymore. Just, really? Uh, I did that so. with Superman. I watched Superman and, like, two-thirds of the way in, I'm like, I can't focus on this anymore. It's too much action and shit. Superman bored me right from the outset. I liked the beginning of it, but I, it totally lost me once Zod showed up and they started fighting. I just... Whoa. I See, will give it that. The Krypton parts I actually thought were pretty cool. Yeah. But I once did. it got to Earth, I was like... <sighs> Lame. See, the, for me, the Krypton parts, this is all stuff I'm already aware of. Yes, they made their changes to make it a little more palatable for the masses and a little more realistic, I guess. But I'm aware about Krypton exploding. I'm aware about who Jor-El is. I know how hard it was for Clark to grow up on Earth. So all that, I was just kind of just snoring through. 
And then when Feora shows up, just starts wrecking shop. I was like, ooh, now I'm in it. She was a cool character. I did like her. Yeah. Who was she? The the female uh, Kryptonian. Okay. Like when she did that thing when Superman was trying to fly away and she grabbed his leg and just <laughs> and pulled him right down. That was pretty cool. She's doing the whole super fast, just beat the piss out of dudes. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Okay, I have one more piece of movie um, movie news, and then I think we'll take a break and get right back into uh, what Dred's got for games. So let's see. Um, there's a short film called Pixels that's floating around the internet. Have been, any of you guys see that? No. I saw that Kevin James and some other dude are going to make it into a movie or something. Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. The, the short film itself... I just watched earlier is fucking awesome. It's just this really cool, like it looks like a college short film. It's like CG. It's like they took a city and like really filmed the city, but then like did the CG overlay of like all these old pixel video game characters showing up, like Space Invaders and Donkey Kong and Galaga and all this shit, like invading the city and taking it over and turning it all into pixels. And it looks really cool. Hmm. And uh, like Pac-Man shows up and starts going through the subway and like eating up train stuff, you know, train cars or whatever. And that's basically it. And it's just like the world turns into pixels and then like, oh, it's over. It was just this cool like little visual thing to watch. And then for mm. some reason, Happy Madison is now coming out with a big blockbuster action comedy version of it with Adam Sandler, Kevin James, and Josh Gad. That's mm. And that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> None of those guys seem like gamer guys. None of those guys seem like anything that I would want to see in a gaming movie. Also, what the hell would they do? It's going to turn this, like, like they're going to add so much, like, weird, stupid movie logic into it to try to explain why pixels are showing up, and then they're going to do this these weird rules of, like, well, we're going to get these pixel guns, we're going to shoot the <laughs> pixel characters, and turns them into real-life things, and it's going to be awful. Yeah, I found Sandler's uh, brand of comedy pretty excruciating lately. Yeah, I mean, name me a good Adam Sandler movie in the last, like, ten years. I can't. The last thing that he did that I liked was Wedding Singer. How long ago was that? Like Like 15 years ago, something like that? 90s, mid-90s. Almost like 20 years ago. Um, I saw Funny People, and I liked that, but that wasn't really an Adam Sandler movie. Right, not so much a comedy. His comedy output lately has just been awful. Yeah, like the Happy Madison movies lately yeah. are terrible. Was Click supposed to be a comedy? Because that mo- movie made me fucking... <laughs> I sure depressed. didn't laugh. <laughs> that was a depressing-ass <laughs> movie. Yeah, crying at the end of that. And I, I love the fact that it's like, he goes into a Bed Bath & Beyond, he goes to the Beyond section, where Christopher <laughs> Walken's a goofy, crazy salesman from another universe or some shit, and gives him a... Oh, it's terrible awful movie um, yeah that's really all I had for that little piece I just wanted to bring up my disgust for it and then I won't <laughs> be seeing it um, I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt but if they can if I hear good things I'll be surprised but uh, my view on it it's going to stink yeah that's all I'm saying so uh, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll uh, come back in with some uh, gaming news from Dread see you in a bit 
I'm not saddened to describe you never mattered to me much. You were the beautiful ones on the schoolyard who were quick with a punch, who were fast to point a flincher out for ridicule and derision, who could operate athletic equipment with all precision, who held no superstition about doing unto others, therefore I just avoided you. Jackets in school colors weren't difficult to spot you in, don't associate, solved. In fact, in retrospect, you barely bothered me at all, so I beg you no ill will, our eternal rivalry notwithstanding. Hey, welcome back to Greater Than Real. We are uh, back from break. It probably only took two seconds, but it was a few minutes for us. Time warp. And uh, so, Dredd, what do you got for uh, gaming stuff? Well, a lot. I mean, so many things have happened when we first envisioned doing this episode. And I just kept collecting small little tidbits of things. And there have been some bigger stories, like Irrational Games shutting down. Mm. Sad. Super sad. If, if you haven't heard about that. And, you know, they really haven't completely told a full story on it. All we really know is Ken Levine wants to focus on doing smaller, more narrative-driven games rather than these big AAA things that take forever to come out. And right. so he's, he's reducing the rational games. Is, is they, 200 people are losing their jobs. That's the point I'm getting to, which is, which is just miserable. Yeah. And just so he can... And he's having, like, I don't know, a staff of 12 or 15 or something like that. And I feel bad for all these guys who are out of a job now. Right. Because Bioshock Infinite didn't do as good as The Last of Us. You know, it's sad that they're losing their jobs, but I, I feel like... Isn't that kind of the nature of the business, though? Like, you, you make a big mm-hmm. game, it's done. And a lot of times the team kind of dissolves. You go and find another project. Like, I feel like those are all really talented people. They made a really great game. It's, you know, Bioshock Infinite's on their resume. It's a lot of people's, like, game of the year. I yeah. feel like they're going to find a job pretty quickly or at least break up in little subgroups and make other games themselves. Yeah, you know, we can hope on that. And there have been some, uh, some sites have already put out, like, hey, if you were uh, uh, used to work on with Irrational Games, you can go ahead and submit your resume here and we'll try to help you. I heard about there that. Been, yeah, there have been some, some different places where these guys can get assistance. It just kind of crummy up there, you know, 200 people from a great studio, all of the job. Right, and he just gutted it like that. Like, without you know, knowing the full story, it seems kind of scummy. Yeah, but it, we, don't, we don't even really know if it's if it was all straight him. Like, he's like, I'm done. Right. I'm taking this whole thing apart. Or if 2K wanted some crazy demand, like, hey, good job with Bioshock Infinite. Uh, do a sequel and make it come out in six months. And then he's like, Dude, it took us, like, how many years to put out the first one? Oh, man. And all those delays they suffered? Then having to change your boob size because people are complaining on the internet? Did that really happen? Yeah, it definitely happened. She first showed up, she was super busty. And then they they reduced it. So, you know, people would would focus more on the story, I guess, instead of just saying, hey, boobs. Wow, I I didn't hear about that. I think it was a change for a better. definitely recognize it. Her original Sorry. outfit was kind of stupid looking. Yeah, if you watch the original E3 gameplay trailer they showed, you can definitely see the bustiness, and then you look at how the game actually showed up, and it's not so uh, right. prevalent. I think they made a change for the better, because I, I, I like Elizabeth as a character. I think if she was too sexualized, it, it would be different. Yeah. Especially the way the game ends. Yeah, yeah without spoiling anything, like, but that, that would be kind of gross. That is a little creepy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah. But silver lining, though, for me, with this news is 
I loved Bioshock, but I think Ken Levine is better with story than he is with like like a shooter kind of game. Mm-hmm. So I think if he was doing smaller like indie kind of stuff that's more story driven, almost like a double fine or like uh, doing stuff like Gone Home, I think it could be really cool. There might be some really great like interactive story games coming out. Where it doesn't have to be this big triple A title, mm-hmm. you know, like like Bioshock, and I don't think Bioshock is even dead either. I mean, two K still owns it, right? So we might still yeah, see I'm another one. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, there's definitely oh, yeah, more they Bioshock. Definitely, games. They put out a, a, a spot saying the, there are many more stories to tell in the universe of Bioshock. And Ken Levine even said he's leaving Bioshock in the capable hands of two K Games. I wonder if a bunch of those guys that you know left Irrational as we know it is kind of how Ken Levine said it. I wonder if a lot of those guys are gonna go on to do the new Bioshock game you know with 2K and Silver Rational most likely I'd imagine they'd want to carry over some team yeah but who knows a uh, few other things PS4 it's been out what three months now it seems and, like a lot longer than it has been yeah it does seem like longer but it really hasn't been out that long they've been selling off the roof they just released they just released it in Japan first two days it released it sold over I want to say over 50,000 55,000, something like that. That's good, right? Um, For a couple of days? No, I'm sorry. Sony sold over 320,000 PS4. Game. I found oh, that my oh, There is a note under here. Sony sold over 320,000 PS4 during the first two days of, of sale in Japan. In Japan? Nice. Um, yeah. So do you think, just Japan. Do you think this is really going to tip over the PS4 sales globally compared to um, Xbox One? Um... Well, yeah, PS4 is already, like, in the running, in the, already ahead. Yeah. Not by so, much, though, right? Not by that much, but this uh, this gives them an extra 300,000 to work with. And when you think, well, 300,000, we're selling millions all over the rest of the world. PS4 really doing that much better. The PS3, in that time frame, only sold 80,000. And the, the biggest thing about selling that many consoles, and this, even the scarcity going on now with it, is that Sony has established a foothold in home, which is right where they want to be, so you can get a hold of their fantastic exclusive games that they have all these these studios working on. Because they didn't have this with the PS3. PS3 took five, six years to make a profit. Yeah. Nobody bought it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were losing money, like bleeding money from the PS3 for yeah. a long time, right? Spending all that money on the development of the cell processor, which at the time was cool, but then they have to charge 600 bucks for a console, and nobody bought it, and it took them forever for people people to actually get these things when they started lowering the prices and making the slimmer versions, and then they started seeing the profit when people started actually having the chance to buy their games. At that time, though, Xbox already had, you know, everybody already had a 360. Oh, yeah. Right. I think... So now, Sony is, you know, they're neck and neck. I think so, uh, like Sony's learned their lesson from the PS3, and they're making all the right moves with PS4. Yeah, like it's it's easier to make games on. They're they're focusing more on the developers and the games, and giving them more freedom and listening to players and what they want, and not adding in like a crazy amount of just like extra money sink stuff. You know, it's really power to the players, power to the developers here. There, and you can tell this just if you look at the amount of. I mean, we all saw their their E3 conference in 2013, where they even had like a dozen, or what was it, eight or a dozen? They had a bunch of those indie guys on stage at E3, which is a big deal for indie game makers. 
be on stage at E3 during a huge press conference like that. Oh, yeah. Showing off their games, even if it was just for a couple of minutes. But now we're starting to see these indie games showing up in, uh, on the PS4. We already had, we were already talking about Outlast. You've got... Uh, Play a little bit Daylight. of Don't Star. I mentioned that too. Yeah, Daylight. They just announced Swapper is going to be coming to the PS4 here shortly. Swapper? Swapper. Yeah, Swapper. It's one of those. There are all these great little PC games that console people never really get a chance to play right. because right. you know we don't get all these all the indie stuff that these guys work on. But now we're starting to get that with PS4 because developers are realizing how easy it is to put this stuff on the PS4 and the PS and Sony wants them to come to them, so they're doing everything in their power to get these great indie titles on this console. Which is great because I love the indie games because they're they're like these nice like two to five hour like fill-in games that I can play a lot of between the big AAA titles, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It gives me more reason to, to go back to my PS4. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and if you don't know what Swapper is, Swapper was a game that got really good reviews, came out last year, and basically you're a astronaut dude trying to escape, I want to say you're escaping a mine, or just the moon or something, and you, you have to solve all these puzzles, and the only way you can do so is that you've got this portable cloning device, and you can use your clones to help you get through these puzzles. Cool. And the, the neat thing about it is that they, they mix in a lot of claymation with the game, so really? it's got a really neat aesthetic to it. Hmm. It's been so a long time since I've seen claymation in the game. Yeah, right? Remember Clay Fighters from back in the day? <laughs> clay Fighters. <laughs> Man, that game's fantastic. Fighters. Clay, Clay Fighters. I had Clay Fighters 64 and a half. On the N64. Was Clay Fighter the one with the snowman? Yeah. Okay. Yes, eventually with okay. the snowman in there. And the, like, the bad Santa character. Yeah. Remember Taffy and Helga, I think her name was? Taffy, Taffy was my favorite. Right. And the blob. Yeah, the blob, the big green blob. Yeah, it turned into like, the saw disc and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so PS Sony's knocking, in, knocking out the, the roof, knocking out the door, knocking out the window with all this. Knocking out the park. See, I'm not very good at baseball metaphors. Sorry. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a really good job with all that. I mean, and if you look at, uh, like, Dive Kick, the game was already out on PS3 and Vita. They're going to be releasing a newer edition of that called the Edition Edition <laughs> for PS4. If you don't know about Dive Kick, it is, uh, it started out originally as a small indie title, two-button fighting game. Hmm. Parrying the most used move in two-dimensional fighting games, the dive kick. These guys saw, hey, there should be a game where the whole game, all you can do is dive kick. Jumping oh, kick. I thought it was about uppercuts. <laughs> no. <it's a> dive <laughs> My, mistake. <laughs> My mistake. My <laughs> mistake. You just, just jump and dive down, and that's the whole game, but there's a, a, a meta game and a whole lot you can do with that, and this, they, they really developed into an app, fully fledged, fledged game that people do play at tournaments. And now they're going to be bringing this to PS4 with expanded, you know, options and whatnot. So it's kind of it's like almost a satire on fighting games where like people just spam the dive kick moves. Like, you know what? <laughs> Let's just make a whole game on it. Exactly. It's only two buttons. Even navigating the menus is just two buttons. That's awesome. I think there may even be an arcade controller, which is like this big arcade table thing. And it's just a big red button and a big green button. Oh, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I might just be dreaming that up, but... 
<laughs> the game is super silly. That's a good dream. I remember as a kid, that was like my favorite thing when I was in at, at an arcade and me just jamming on those buttons like the X-Men game when you're like the side-scrolling fighting X-Men game with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So good. So good. But those and games uh, don't really stand up because I've played that on um, on the Xbox Live Arcade. Remember when you got that, Ryan? You got the yes, X-Men game? and we beat it in like 10 minutes. It was <laughs> I did the same thing. You never realized when you were a kid playing this in the arcade, like feeding all those quarters in, like getting your ass kicked all the time. Like you never see that last level. No. When you can play it on the Xbox and you have infinite continues, you realize that that game is like 10 minutes long. There's like three levels. Like, it's just designed yeah. to eat coins for Yeah, you. like that's it. And you realize... The Simpsons game and Lava Turtle yep. games. Oh, yeah, the Simpsons game was great, too. That game was hard. Uh, still talking about PS4 here. If you can't tell I'm a PS4 fanboy, get your ears checked. Oh, okay. I just want to put this out here real quick. Because we're not professionals, because we don't have money to put into the production of the show, we can't play everything. We don't have Xbox One. Between us, we have... PS3, PS4, I have a 360 at my place, but it's old and I don't get anything really new for it. So if you think that we're leaning heavily know. towards the PlayStation side, that's because, we, because that, we are. <laughs> that's all we have. Yeah. You know, I would play an Xbox One if I had enough money for it, mm -hmm. but I don't. So I'd buy one if they took the camera off. If I didn't have to get the Kinect mandatory with it, I'd probably buy one. Yeah, if it was a little cheaper without the Kinects, I, I'd, well, I'd still have the money for it right now. But I think eventually I will get it, but, you know, we're going to be leaning heavily towards what we know. That's what we'll yeah. be talking about. So it's not like we're just going to shit on Xbox. I still like Microsoft. Like, they're a fine company, and I'm sure it's fun to play. It's just, that's not what we have. Right. Yeah. All right, so go ahead. Uh, PS4. They have not I think, actually, no, this is all, all console news. They released... Now, I have to say this in the podcast because I love I love Shinji Mikami, the granddaddy of Resident Evil. Left Capcom, he's doing his own thing now, and the, they put a release date out for The Evil Within. Ooh. For North America, it's August twenty sixth, and for Europe, it's August 29th. The Game's going to be on PC, three sixty, Xbox One, PS three, and PS four, and The Evil Within is again it's following this. We mentioned a horror, new horror genre, neo-horror, whatever you want to call it, where you're kind of a powerless dude trying to escape from people and you have to solve puzzles and whatnot. And The Evil Within is kind of like a mix of that with Resident Evil 4, so you get a, a little bit of weaponry, but not enough to defend yourself completely. Okay, so it's going really back to the basis of, like, survival horror. Yes. Yeah. It's That's got that cool, cool over-the-shoulder, it's their person, it's got that over-the-shoulder camera. So you're constantly concerned about what's sneaking up behind you and whatnot. So kind of um, like Resident Evil 4? Yeah, oh, it looks or... very much just like Resident Evil 4. Ooh. But with the sensibilities now, of Resident Evil 1. Yeah. You're, oh, not, you're not as badass as, you, as Leon was in Resident Evil 4. You're a dude who's running for his life from crazy supernatural monsters and psychopaths. Supernatural psychopaths. Which are the worst kind of psychopaths. Rationing like, that ammo. I like all these words you're saying. This sounds really great. It, it, it looks really good. I'm looking forward to it. Another one of those big titles coming down the line after after we played Metal Gear Solid and uh, Infamous. And you know, Thief was just released on, on the next-gen consoles. 
Uh, that but, doesn't look all that great. It's getting some pretty mediocre reviews so far. Yeah, the reviews are pretty lackluster for it. Especially the character design. Just the main character. It doesn't look fun to play as. You're not into dudes wearing corsets? Come on. (laughs) He is wearing a corset, isn't he? Oh, he is. Garrett. Garrett. He's got the one weird eye. and He he just looks like a jerk. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing when we were talking about Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, they also, when they announced that price drop for the retail version, they also announced there is going to be a app iDroid app for a second screen experience. Yeah. How so? A little, it's a little funny because iDroid is parodying both the iOS and Droid. Mm-hmm. You know? And oh, yeah. That's weird. So it doesn't make any sense considering this game's going to take place, you know, 20 years before any of this stuff was even thought of. But Well, not if, you know, super secret government agencies were making it up but we didn't know about it yet. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's, it's metal here. We can, whatever. Yeah. I wonder if they oh, had to uh, pay Lucas to use droid. To use the word Lucas droid. Lucas is an iDroid, so... Wait, he actually has a trademark on the word droid? Yeah. Wow. The droid phone people, they pay him to use that word. Did they really? Yeah. Wow, Damn. I didn't know that. What a jerk. If it was just droid <laughs> or I space droid, maybe he could arc battle for it. He probably still will because he's got, you know, god money. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be Disney I now? I don't think he cares. Yeah. What's up? Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. Disney now and not him know. anymore? I don't know. I guess, yeah, theoretically, oh, yeah, they transfer over to Disney. Money. Yeah, you don't want to fight Disney or anything. That's the god that eats God. That's that kind of money. That's a Star Wars term. They own Star Wars now. They're going to be saying it in yeah. Star Wars all the time, so... Who do you think would win the fight? Uh, Google or Disney? Disney. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they are just too evil. Google, <laughs> is, is, Google has regular corporation levels of evil. But Disney is like super evil. You know, it's fuck. It's the devil versus super devil. <laughs> the devil just a guy at a, at a desk with a red cap with horns on it. Super devil rides around the motorcycle to the sky. With the jar of marmalade, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about different businesses, though. I mean, like Disney kind of controls a lot of our collective pop cultural franchises, but Google's, Google's doing not the really serious stuff. To take that. Yeah, but Google's getting into, like, space stuff. Like, and tech more. And tech, and health, yeah. uh, health corporations, and science, and AI. They just bought a whole, like, the, that uh, deep blue AI really? thing in UK. Yeah. They're come up. They're gonna come up with... I think Google's gonna be the one that's gonna go into space first and make a colony and fight Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the Google insurrection of 2035. It's gonna happen, people. <laughs> Mark my words. Then the Google Trotty versus our, us, our Earth colonies? Yep. That's a Gundam reference for you know, any anime nerds up there. Nerds! Yeah, <laughs> You're going to be able to bring up your map on your tablet and phones and call in airstrikes, play your cassette tapes that you find throughout the game, things of that nature. That's cool. Oh, I like those. So they're going to do that kind of like, um, like Bioshocky, like... Uh, Getting pieces of story through audio tape. Well, it looks like it's going to be sound uh, music, but yeah, they've already done the the pieces of story through audio tape thing in Peace Walker. I don't know if you played that. I played a little bit of it, and it, it actually I like the new mechanics they added to it, like getting your army and uh, doing the Fulton the Fulton rescue stuff. That was cool. But it, I don't know if well, there's <laughs> in tra- in classic Metal Gear tradition there is there's like four tapes and it's an interview from Ava 
and she explains everything that happened throughout the entirety of Metal Gear Solid 3 and her interactions with the boss. And oh, it's wow. Like, it's like an hour-long interview of her talking about stuff. It's amazing. Because <laughs> it's Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No matter how convoluted the story gets, somehow they still, like, wrap me into it, and I'm interested. Like, oh, it's so cool, and the characters are so yeah. great. I love Metal Gear. I, I don't know how it. they do it. I do, too. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see the gameplay they officially put out? It was leaked, like, last week, but they officially put out gameplay for The Order 1886. I did see that. Yes. That looks crazy. What do you guys think? It looks fun. I will play it. They're not necessarily breaking any new ground with this. It's a cover-based shooter. It kind of looks like Uncharted, Mass Effect. Um, so I, I want to play the game, but it's going to be pretty much based on the strength of the story. I like the time period that it's in, because it's not something we get to see a lot of. Yeah. I like that kind of like steampunky, like era history kind of stuff. Yeah. The uh, story interests me. I will play it. They, Ready at Dawn, specifically tried to avoid using the term steampunk when making this game, and they prefer uh, neo-Victorian, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I heard good. a thing talking about like all of the, the weird weapons and gadgetry is actually made out of materials and things you could find from that time period, so nothing actually is too crazy that it couldn't happen. No? It is. There, if you read the backstory of the Order, it is the Order was actually established hundreds of years ago, even before the King Arthur times, and it was a race of half-man, half-animal creatures. So a bunch of furries went crazy, <laughs> and they started, they started killing humans. Even though humans outnumbered them, the furries were just too powerful. And eventually this led to creating a group of knights called the Order to combat them. And even though they got really good at it, they were still getting beat up. And they ended up, the way they were able to combat them was they found this this element, I forget what it's called, it's like a black oozy thing. And they were able to use that in their weaponry to fight against these furries, these super bad, evil furry guys. And this war prompted, this alternate world or whatever, prompted advancement in no inventions and whatnot, so they have advanced technology, even though it is the 1880s. Yeah, it's a divergent history game. Okay. Yeah. So, and all that sounds good and all, and like the fact that you've got these four main characters, and it's a squad-based shooter, but it's not multiplayer, and that really, really hurts my hurts me. It's not. I mean, like no co-op. No co-op. Oh, lame. Single player all the way, and they, I think they ready at dawn said it's because you will switch between the the four knights, the four dudes, or yeah. three dudes, one one broad. That like dramatically but, uh, drops my interest in the game. Yeah, what, that, just that's, that's just that's a single player campaign. Be, yeah, yeah, I wanted it to be Sony's Gears of War, and it's it's not. So that kind of saddens it for me. The game still sounds cool. It still looks cool. Another problem, and this was brought up by a bunch of people who went to the closed-door session of a gameplay like a week and a half ago, is that the game's supposed to be coming out this year, and it doesn't seem like it's in a state where it's going to be fully complete by the end of this year. Yeah, so I, I heard people or? talking about 
their hands-on time, like reading some articles and listening to some podcasts and stuff. That people have played it, and yeah, it it wasn't finished. Like it's not at a state that seems playable, which is weird, being that how close to they want to like release it. Yeah, and you can notice it if you watch that the what they released of the trailer. You can see the frame rate drop a bunch of times. You can see how they just they cut spots and a whole lot of a whole lot of places. The screen just goes black, and then he's somewhere else. And I have a feeling those are the spots where the game chugged along and didn't look as good as it should have. And it, it's it's worrying, you know, that the, the game isn't where it, where we would like it. Hmm. I think but we'll I'm, see. I'm going to keep my eyes open for it, and I'm going to. Because it's interesting. I like the story. That sounds cool. And I like the, the, the art style of it. It looks really cool. And like when it wasn't being like chop, like choppy and they, when they didn't have frame rate problems, it looked real pretty. Because like that, those CG cutscenes, they like flow into actual gameplay, which is really yeah, impressive. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. But that and not being multiplayer, I don't know, man. Well, we'll see. Hopefully it'll be good. I mean, this... This is Ready at Dawn's first, uh, for first console game that's not a port of something. All they've really done is ports of God of War and you know like a, what was it, Jack and Daxter or something. Yeah, they did a Chains of Olympus, right? Yeah, they did Chains of Olympus. Those ports to the consoles and some PlayStation Portable stuff, but nothing, Chains- nothing at this scale. So hopefully it shakes out. But they have a good track record, right? Like Chains of Olympus is supposed to have done really well. Yeah, yeah, Chains of Olympus was all right. You and, but, and it was Santa Monica who worked with that, and it's Santa Monica Studios who was working with them on this. And Santa Monica just had a bunch of dudes, get, a bunch of people, pardon, get laid off. Hmm. I'm not sure if it was the studio shut down all the way or if it's just a whole bunch of layoffs, but more layoffs from the Santa Monica studio. The guys did God of War and whatnot. So many layoffs. Yeah, sad, sad times. But in, in good news, um, I'm going to move along to one, King, the company who created the Candy Crush saga. Boo. He has the whole thing. Yep. Boo King. They look, yes, boo them. They've, they've taken enough heat. They are afraid of the peasants throwing their rubbish at them as they walk through the streets. <laughs> and they've abandoned their trademark for the word candy. Wow. They still have their trademark going for the word saga. I think belongs to Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. Yeah, but, right. Um, but they have been there. They, I think maybe there's. Uh, I worked hard at getting yelled at for being super evil. Let's just let's just stop this. So they've abandoned the trademark for the word candy, and they're going to be back to just being regular, regular portable mobile game developing assholes. Man, I mean, that's that. But I've been hearing a lot about King because of this. Do you think? They did it to get their name out there to cause a little bit of a stir because I mean everyone's talking about them now. I'm sure the game sales have only gone up since then. Well, Candy Crush has already like you yeah. know, made them a shit ton of money. Oh yeah. They they don't care about this whole news thing. They they already have crazy portable gaming money because of the people who play Candy Crush Saga. Yeah, but if they didn't care about the money, why would they do it in the first place? Uh, because the thing about the, you know, the app store and stuff is there's like 10 billion Candy Crush knockoffs on there called mm-hmm. all manner of variations on, like Candy Drop Story and... Oh, well, so. did you hear about that game jam? 
They're, yeah, where they, they made a whole bunch of games with the word candy in it. Yeah, it was a protest. I forget the, the group that did it, but they called it the Game Jam, and it was just like, yeah, they there was just a flood of games being developed within like a day or two with all those names like Candy Crush Saga Extreme or, you know, Candy Extreme Saga yeah. Quest for Candy. And yeah. It like, you know, just to piss them off and, just, you know, so they couldn't do anything about it. And it's funny, when all this started... They, you know, they were trademarking Saga, and this caused problems for the Banner Saga as it was just getting released. Right. And they trademarked can- Candy to try to prevent all these knockoff, all these clones from appearing in the, the App Store and Google Play and whatnot. As this was happening, it was discovered that they had already ripped off and cloned a, another game. Some, like, Pac-Man attack-type game. And they ripped it off and oh, well, said, yeah. hey, you want, you want to play with people ripping off? You ripped off this game we made a bunch of a long time ago. Well, yeah, like, isn't Candy Crush already, like, bedazzled? It's Bejeweled, yeah. It's, Bejeweled. it's just, like, an evolution of Bejeweled. It's essentially the same game with some slight variations, I mean. Yeah, just, I don't know who buys that crap, but... Which is just like Dr. Mom, Mario, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I, I really had to say about that. Do you guys want to knock on King some more? Not really. I'm sick of talking about them, <laughs> to be oh, okay. honest. Um, so, I'm going to move this part I like to call uh, Destiny Watch. Destiny um, Watch, I, 2014. I'm, uh, very... Destiny's the game that's kind of ruining all of our games for me right now, because I'm like, oh, this is going to be really fun, but Destiny's coming out on September 9th, and that's kind of going to take over right now. It's funny, so, I, I hear you do that a lot, like, yeah, this game's great, but Destiny's coming out. <laughs> it's like, what, are you just going to go in hibernation until September? I want to. I, this, it's, I want to wish... I wish there was cryostasis so I could uh, <laughs> wake up when Destiny's September 9th. When Destiny Echo hits, we do have the beta hitting in, in the summer, which should be fun. And we keep getting in. Bungie, uh, they're just fantastic assholes. They are really seeing small, small, little tidbits, little trickles, just enough to whet your appetite, just enough of little drops on your tongue and your loss in the Sahara to, you know, until you can finally find this beautiful, beautiful game when it comes out. <laughs> and they've some recent stuff that's come or if you guys weren't aware, the Game Developers Conference is going to be hitting uh, in March. Yep, right. March 17th, 21st. I GDC. Think the first two things are just smaller events and whatnot. And then 19, 19th and 21st, they're doing their big events. At least Bungie is. Oh, yeah. We'll, and we'll, at, we'll, at, at GDC, they're going to be releasing some new details on Destiny. We'll do a big uh, GDC episode, I think, to cover everything that came out. I mean, they, they, they've already put, put out a few things uh, about Destiny, not nearly enough. But, like, just recently they, they put out the boards for the personal vehicles that you'll be using. Yeah, I saw that. Originally, they were, be, they were going to be called Sparrows. Uh, customizable personal vehicles that you can break out whenever you play. They don't have any vehicles on or they don't have any weapons on them. But you can customize colors. They, they'll match with your... Those hoverbike things, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like hoverbike. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are they called? Landspeeders in Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks, they look just like Landspeeders, which is pretty cool. Uh, well, they've changed the name from Sparrow to uh, Shrike. They're, they're called Shrikes now, which is still a type of bird. So they're sticking with a little bird thing. Huh. Shrike? Yeah. S-H-R-I-K-E? S-H-R-I-K-E. I kind of like Sparrow. I don't know. Strike, 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 strike. Strike, strike. Time for a strike, strike? <laughs> Let's get the strike out of here. You don't have any weapons on them, you can't upgrade them with colors and 
whatnot, which is going to be made. So we'll, hopefully we'll hear more about other vehicles because we know Bungie is going to put more vehicles in their games because they love the vehicle combat stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love using them. Yes. Yes, we, we all do. Um, what has been confirmed at GDC uh, the ni- through the 19th uh, through 21st, we're going to be talking about customization options for your Guardian. Cool. Uh, we should know we have the three types of Guardians, uh, your Paladin, or the fuck, Warlock. God damn, now I'm getting confused. I'm going to say Warlock, Hunter, and your Titan. Yeah, <coughs> that sounds right. And it might be Paladin, I'll have to double check that. <coughs> Excuse me. And you're also going to have the three different races, the Awoken, the Humans, and the Exo. I want to be EXO. And they're going to be... Hey, you already said you want to be Awoken. I called EXO. Which, one, which one's EXO? Those are like the, the robotic... EXO robots, the Awoken are the Dark Elf dudes. <laughs> yeah, Dark Elves. Yeah, I want to be the Awoken. Yeah, the, or the Pale Elves, we want to call them. Dark Elves usually have... I mean, does your racial choice have any impact on gameplay aside from visual? I don't think it does. I think there might be some backstory stuff um, in relation to your character and where you go, but... I don't think it's going to affect stats. Right. That's probably more in your class. Right. Now, there are going to be, at, at GDC, they're going to be talking about customization options, and they talked about uh, revealing 42 heads. Whoa. For the 43 classes or races. I, I was kind of vague whether or not they were talking about the class helmets or the race actual heads that you'll be able to equip for the races. And whether or not that's 42 heads total between the three races or 42 heads for each race. Either way, that's that's a good amount. That's a good spread. Yeah, that is a good spread. And they're, I mean, they're going to be talking about hairstyles. And I think I say talk about tattoos that you're going to be able to put on your character. Cool. Cool. And face tattoos, because really the only time you're going to be seeing your character's face is when you're in the hub worlds. Right. Where you're not out fighting dudes, you're just socializing and setting up socializing and setting up, uh, you know, matchmaking and whatnot. I guess. So have they confirmed that you can do that? You can actually, there are places to walk around without the armor on? Yeah, and there's like cities. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, well, it's... Towns. Right now, it's only confirmed it is the one city. I forget the name of it is, but it's the one right underneath the Traveler. The last city on Earth. Yeah, so you're not actually always out in the field fighting and doing matchmaking stuff. And No. Yeah. This is helpful. Like MMOs. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, you're going to have at least the hub world on Earth. We don't know if they're going to put any hub worlds. I assume they will, but... They haven't confirmed any hub worlds on any other planets yet. Yeah, so maybe eventually. Around, there the options of walking around without your helmets there. That's cool to even know that there is an option for that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be at GDC. And it's going to be awesome. I will definitely keep my eyes open for that. Destiny! <laughs> I, uh, destiny. I was playing Halo earlier. It's funny, my, my Xbox Live account finally shut down. They finally caught up with me. <laughs> and uh, I haven't renewed, so I've been just playing as a guest uh, with my roommates. Um, but somebody was playing, and the name was uh, Bungie's Destiny. <laughs> and I was just like, I wonder if that guy's just playing this, just waiting, waiting and waiting for, the, for Destiny to come out. Like, mm, just keep playing this, and hopefully I can just... Keep my mind off of it until it's here. Oh, and wait, I, I'm just double-checking right now as we're talking, and it is Warlock. It is Hunter, Titan, and Warlock. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you're taking uh, Titan, right, Dread? 
Yes, I'm going to be a Titan XO. And do you want to be the Warlock? Warlock, baby. Okay, so then I'll be the Hunter. Cool. Cool. That is going to be awesome. And it's really, I can't end this, my little portion here about video games on a higher note than talking about Destiny. I could spend another hour here just talking about how great Destiny is going to be, about the things that they've talked about. There are going to be swords in it. There are going to be knives for melee combat. You can throw the knives in some cases. The, the power-ups, the grenades, the, all the different ways you can customize your, your, your dude and upgrade your guns. And there's the different sliding. I've been looking into so much Destiny crap. It's, it's going to be awesome. And the great thing is, too, like, all the stuff they're announcing, you know that's just only the baseline stuff. Bungie's really oh, good yeah. at coming out with new patches and content. Yep. Keep I will give them CG. whatever monies they want. Fucking Activision, take my money, jerks. I'm just going to throw dollars at them. <laughs> they already have billions from fucking COD, and they're, you know, working with Blizzard and getting all that StarCraft and WoW shit. Yep. Uh, well, at least I guarantee they're going to have cool servers for Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And a 10-year agreement. That's my video game portion. I don't know if you want me to go into comics, because that, that could be me, be me dominating conversation more. Well, see, what, Ryan, what, what do you got here? I see you pulling up stuff over on the computer. Moving on to TV land. Okay. Sure. Well, we got the uh, Game of Thrones uh, Season 4. Starts on April 6th, Sunday. That's going to be... So, boss. Okay, so you two are way more into Game of Thrones than I am. I'm, I like it, but I'm only on season you two. You need to catch the fuck up. Yeah? So good. It's just getting better, right? That's yeah. what I hear? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting better because it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, not a fun story. Not a fun story. But this season is shaping up to maybe be the turning point for a lot of the status quo, so I'm very excited. So it's like Breaking Bad, where you know you're not in for a good time, but it's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> no one's really going to come out of this better. Maybe one or two, maybe the Khaleesi, but that's maybe it. Yeah, I fully ex- uh, expect the story to just end with a shot of like uh, snow falling on gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> And then a dragon takes a big dump on everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's the game. So cool that's stuff in the trailer? Yes. Very cool stuff. I can't say too much. Spoiling. But you need to definitely catch up. Uh, season 4, starting April 6th. Can't come soon enough. Oh, no, it'd be funny. What if, what if I started catching up? And then through the podcast, I'll let you guys know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell me. That'd be cool. And then every time I'm like... Oh, so this just happened, and you guys can go, you can do that classic, just you wait. <laughs> oh, man, you don't oh, even know. <laughs> <laughs> that, happened with the, happens, that happened with Galactica. I started watching yeah. Galactica, and you guys have already seen the entire show, and like every episode, I'm like, that was nuts. Mike would be like, just you oh, wait, just dude. Wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. And uh, also on the subject of HBO shows that are Awesome. True Detective has been running, and they've got two more episodes left this season, and the show is awesome. So you've been watching it. Check it out. I keep hearing amazing things about it's it. It's really, good really good. Yeah? So you're recommending it? Absolutely. The first two episodes like, is a lot of like uh, scene setting or whatever, so I wasn't all that into it at first, and uh, 
Well, like exposition. Yeah, and I kind of I wasn't I was sort of writing it off, but then the third episode and onwards, like it's just gangbusters. It's so good. It's so smartly written. The performances are insane. Matthew McConaughey, a person I have never really cared for before, is awesome on this show. I've heard he's doing really good lately. Like yeah, uh, him and Wolf of Wall Street. I heard he's great in that too. And then in this, this is like another like where's he coming from? Yeah, he's like blowing up. I he uh. It was not too long ago that everyone was like laughing at him, like yeah. playing bongos naked in his house and <laughs> being in awful romantic comedies. But he's really turned it around. He's having a hell of a year. He's having this weird like renaissance period yep. or something. I am a little concerned that just as I was about to jump into watching Detective, they announced that uh, the director is leaving after the season. Ooh. They're doing it like an anthology show, kind of like how American st- Horror Story is. So each really? season is going to have a different story and, and different That's characters. That's pretty cool. I like that. American Horror Story is the only one I know that does that. Yeah. And it's a really cool technique, I think. It works. It's it's better for s- the stories, too, because you get a more contained story in a single season. Yeah. And that's finished, and the show kind of moves on. Maybe with similar themes or whatever, but a new setting, a new plot... It keeps a show that's going to run for multiple years. It keeps it more fresh. You can keep the show going forever. Yep. Like, you, you, they don't have to drag on certain plots. Like, this character's dead. Oh, no, the show's not going to do well anymore. Right. It's like, well, that actor will probably just come back next season for the new yeah. story, you know? And then four seasons later, the story is just, like, so, like, X-Files, convoluted, beyond all reckoning that... Yeah, and characters have these weird backstories that, like, wait, this one guy did all of this yeah. in that many years? Come on. People with motivations shift from season to season. That's why I liked, uh, I really liked Breaking Bad, because it was so contained. Mm-hmm. Like, the story was only over two years, even though the show lasted for five. And it had a start. They knew they were going to end at a certain point, and they wrapped everything up nicely. So I think a show that can do that each season, you know, it really has some lasting power. Yep. And uh, what else do we got? Um, the, uh, on Netflix, they're going to be airing the final, uh, couple of episodes from the Star Wars Clone Wars animated show. Have you been following that? I watched pretty much all of it, and the first two seasons of the show are not great. I would not recommend them, really. I mean, even if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, there, it was very much a, a kid's show at that point. Yeah, I it was very light. Not great. But... After the once they got into the third season onwards, like they really started to pick it up. It got a lot better, and actually, when they canceled it, the last three episodes that they had shown was like amazing, really amazing. Actually, the last really? ten episodes, like it was really becoming a really really good show, and I was like really proud of it. Though it sucked that they ended it where they did because they kind of ended it on sort of a cliffhanger. So I'm glad that they're putting the last couple episodes on Netflix, so we'll be able to check it out. Based on the trailer I've seen, watched. it looks good. So yeah, all of it's on Netflix now? First season, Not so. yet. Uh, they just said early 2014. There's no specific date for it. But like the, the rest of it's on there right now that I can catch up on Netflix if I wanted to? I don't think it's on there now, but that's the plan. They're going to put the whole series on there and then these last uh, couple of finishing ones. Cool. So you recommend the... Uh, starting it like should i slave through the first two seasons i mean nah i mean like you're not gonna like the there's very little like overarching stories that like if you missed like would ruin the show for you or anything so i would say you know from the third season onwards like 
And this is all canon, shot. right? Like, it's it's all part of the Star Wars universe? That's That remains to be seen. This stuff is all still Lucasfilm stuff. This is pre-Disney stuff. Uh, that's why it got canceled, essentially. Because oh, wow. Disney is essentially trying to hit the reset button on a lot of things. Also, it was on Cartoon Network. Disney has their own channel, Disney XD. Oh, so they yeah. wanted it to be on Disney XD, not Cartoon Network. So that's another reason they stopped it, but... They've been cutting whole swaths of the EU out, so it remains to be seen how much of this Clone Wars stuff stays in. I think that because this Clone Wars stuff is what's really familiar to kids, they'll probably keep a lot of it, because that's the next generation of Star Wars fans. So I mean, want to build off of what the kids know. If it's good quality, like you're saying it is, like, lately, I mean, could be a good thing. The episodes, like, even from the third season onward, like, they veer in quality from, like, hokey as fuck to, like, <laughs> really phenomenal. So it's very off and on. Okay. But when it's on, it's on. <laughs> and uh, that new Star Wars Rebels show, which is going to be the Disney show... Uh, that's is it, starting relatively soon. Is it done by the same people? Because it looks kind of I'm the pretty same. sure it's the the same people. It has that similar art style. It's going to be a similar animation style. Okay. Absolutely. That tells the story between essentially the end of the prequels and the first movie. So it's about how the rebel or the rebellion gets started and stuff. Really? Yeah. That's actually a really cool storyline. It's going to be cool. It's going to it's cool just seeing like bits from the show to like see that kind of like classic Star Wars stuff. Like prequel stuff has a very different look and feel to it that sometimes doesn't really feel like Star Wars to me as a person that mostly likes the original trilogy. So seeing this new show and seeing like tie fighters and x-wings or whatever like that's really hitting me in the nostalgias. Yeah, right. The nostalgias. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about that. I, when you say it like that, I picture like it's an actual a gland, mm-hmm. like the nostalgic glands. It's an organ in my yeah. lower back. The nostalgias, like kidneys. <laughs> yep. <gasps> right in the nostalgias. Yep. yep, I need a nostalgia transplant. <laughs> it's connected right to that soft part of your brain and your <laughs> yep. tear ducts. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else we got? Um, the second season of Orange is the New Black starts in on June 6th. Now, that's another show I keep hearing great things about and I'm, I'm not into yet. It's good. I don't totally love it, but a lot of people do really like it. It's very popular. Uh, I've watched a handful of episodes, and I did think it was very well done. That's cool. That's cool. Um, oh, speaking of Netflix shows, I don't want to jump off of Orange is Black, but none of us are watching that, right? You're watching it, aren't no. you, Trey? No? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's on my queue, like, I need to watch this next, but first got to finish all this stuff. Yeah, I'm at the same the same thing but I did just finish House of Cards uh, season 2 that was another thing so season 2 has started or it's, well because it's, it's on Netflix out. it came all out one yeah. day um, and that was only like a week or two ago uh, it was on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. uh, and I just finished it the other day phenomenal stuff yeah I, I really like that show Kevin Spacey is the boss yes <laughs> yes I've watched the first five episodes of the first season and so far it's really fucking good you should keep going with it I think yeah. uh, I definitely will doesn't dip in quality for me like the, the whole show is solid especially the beginning of season two I, I keep saying like that first episode is like one of the most shocking things like in the show it, it's on it's on the level of like um I don't know if that's this is too spoilery or too big of a clue, but it's on the level of like um, Game of Thrones, how like some big thing like they can't do that, you know? They yeah, yeah, they yeah. pretty much do something you know along those lines. It, it's mm. it's good. I'm not 
Yeah, I'm, that yeah. might be too much. I'm sorry. Cinema, but... cinema. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Um, I really like the way you say that because you're not even at the biggest craziness in Game of Thrones yet. You're talking about the Red Wedding because I keep hearing about the Red Wedding. Ugh. It's I tragic. Talking about that, yes. Don't look into <laughs> it. Don't look into it. Don't read anything about don't it. Don't Shut off. Yes. You just had to watch it. All I know is it's called the Red Wedding and it's terrible, but awesome. Yes. It's awesomely terrible. Uh, so Game of Thrones, like the way they they end it. Like, they could end the show now, I think, and I'd be fine. But I'm excited to see where they go from here. I'd, like, I don't, I don't know. House cards? Yeah, house cards. Um, you say Game of Thrones. They, 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 did I say Game of Thrones? Yeah. Sorry, uh, House of Cards, the way that ended uh, on season two is a nice, like, ending point for me. Like, they, they have room to do whatever they want now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where they left, it's, like, this nice, like kind of stopping point I think hmm. there, are, there are loose ends that are out there but not enough have they announced a season 3? I haven't heard anything I would not be surprised if they have a season 3 because people are either. loving the show yeah, it's yeah. on fire right now it definitely is for, uh, for good reason uh, it's cool if you've ever seen um, that movie Casino Jack that came out a couple of years ago uh, with Kevin Spacey it has a lot of the same kind of like feel as that really? mostly because Kevin Spacey is almost playing the same character it's really cool to watch I did not see that movie because it looked like Casino, and Casino's bomb. And you didn't want to see like someone trying to ruin Casino? Or... Yeah, yeah, even though I'm sure it's very, very different. This is one of those, like, um, not a documentary, but it's like one of those biopics of someone's life, uh-huh. and how he's like this terrible politician kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth it. It's on Netflix. You should see it if uh, if you're interested. If you like Kevin Spacey's stuff. Let me check it out. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, you blew up my house of cards announce. Boom. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Skip that there. Blown up. Don't have too much more. I did read today that the Sci-Fi Channel is uh, airing in or... April uh, episodes of Metal Hurlant, which is going to be an adaptation of the long-running French comic anthology, which over here we turned into heavy metal. Whoa. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm interested again. So it's going to be a kind of a sci-fi and fantasy. I, I mean, they could go anywhere. Heavy metal was like that, so... I didn't even know that heavy metal was a adaptation of something. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it's a direct adaptation. I think they kind of took the same idea. Like a spiritual successor kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. An, Ameri- well, an American It was version. Heavy Metal Magazine. Heavy Metal Magazine yep. has been a collection of weird, sci-fi, pervy short stories for fucking ever. I don't, I don't know if it's still going, but... They've been in the back rooms of comic shops for years. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see the Heavy so, Metal movie? Oh, yeah. I saw them both. Which one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen those. Are they even worth watching? Like... Uh, some of the stuff is cool. Some of the stuff I just roll my eyes at real hard. It seems like my eyes will roll right on my head if I yeah, watch yeah. it. Some of it's real, uh, but some of it's really cool. I give it a shot. The first one cool. I think is worth watching the more first just one. for, you know, the sake of watching classic than the second one. That's the 80s one, right? Yes. Yeah, 80s, 70. And then there was what, Heavy Metal 2000 is what they called it? Yes. Yeah, Heavy Metal 2000 based off of the storyline of Heavy Metal uh, Fox 2. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down one day and I'm going to watch Godzilla 2000 and then Heavy Metal 2000. (laughs) 
Well, watch the first heavy metal and see how you feel about it <laughs> before you get into the 2000s. And then I'm going to watch Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then I'll shoot myself in the head. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's called Metal Hurlant? Metal Hurlant. Like a piece of metal that you hurl at somebody? Like like French heavy metal. What's Hurlant, though? I don't know what that is. Uh, is that a French know, word I don't really know just either. I just kind French of assume for, for heavy. Yeah. Am I showing my non-cultured no, side? I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming that it's that's the French way of saying heavy metal. Okay. I took a, a, about four years of French, and I don't remember a goddamn thing. <laughs> Doesn't help you out with hurling. Nope. nope. Um, uh, is that the no, last... My, uh... my problem with that on sci-fi is that heavy metal is... Pretty, uh, pretty mature, pretty adult. Yeah. Nudity and sex and all that. So they putting it on sci-fi, they're ruining what makes it heavy metal. They're not really going to be able to do all that stuff. Exactly. It's, it's going to be a weird neutered version of it. Yeah, lame. Lamesers. Although sci-fi is considered cable, right? Yeah, it's like it basic. Cable, Doesn't cable have a little more leeway than basic? A little bit, but not like heavy metal style. Yeah, they're not going to show an alien fucking up. Big busty broad, you know? Right. <laughs> or someone's face, like, like a, getting obliterated. Yeah, which is exactly what heavy metal is. Yeah, like the true values of heavy metal. Yes. You know? Yes. Big titty chicks, extreme <laughs> violence. Mm-hmm. Crazy swords that make no sense, with, costumes, with armors that make no sense. Absurd sci fi and fantasy scenarios. Oh, God, now I kind of want to watch a movie. Well, she get a shot. It's, it's entertaining. At the very least. It sounds like it. Like, everything you're saying, like, those are all things I like. <laughs> yeah. I think I can watch you that. Give it a shot. Um, you know, Dredd, I want to get into comic news, but sadly, we're at, like, two hours now. About. <laughs> um, so, for anyone out there listening, we love comics, and we do read them, but <laughs> I didn't realize we're going to hit two hours so quick. Like, it's pretty good. We have a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. fill in, so... Um, a little material. How about... This we'll start off next episode with you know stuff we're doing, stuff we're playing and reading, whatever. And then when we start the news, we'll do comics first, just in case uh, you know we run out of time again. Deal. Yeah. So uh, again, you can follow us on greaterthanreal.com. Uh, we're you know put out blog posts. I have one blog uh, post on there right now about backlogs and how they're make you full of shame and anxious because there are all these great games that you spent money on and haven't played yet. might be cool to check out. Uh, and this podcast will be up on there, but uh, most likely, if you're listening to it right now, you've found us on iTunes. So tell your friends because we want listeners. <laughs> and you have an amazing capacity for pain that you listened to all two hours of this. There you go. We really thank you. Mm-hmm. You're a wonderful person. If I've met you, I will suck you off. You are a hero. Yeah, uh, I believe, not to check, I should have wrote this down before I came out of here, but um, I believe we do have a, an email address, uh, greater than real at gmail.com. If we don't at this moment, I'm going to make one. So if you feel like emailing anything, suggestions, stuff to talk about, stuff we fucked up. Dick pics. Dick pics if you want to. Dick pics, of course. Uh, how much you hate us or love us, send it in. Go right ahead. I swear to God I'll read all of them. I know that because I'm probably not going to get any at this point. I swear to God, I'll read them. If we get a bunch of listeners, that might change. (laughs) (laughs) Send it to Zoom. Yeah, and I might respond unless you're just being a complete asshole. (laughs) Um, And with that... I'll respond, not nicely. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'll maybe. All bets are off. (laughs) 
So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you in the near future. Bye, guys. The train I took tonight stalled, and we were all evacuated just before a Cloverfield left the station devastated. I fled the scene around to Empire State and dodged plane debris down by a giant ape. But I escaped and caught a ride back downtown from Bankman after dropping Vincent Clortho off at the station. I gained great power when the arachnid bit. I dropped in on some mob bosses, taught them a magic trick. I gathered up the guys and went in search of a body. After I sanded my super's deck to learn some karate. I sailed Mordor before going back to Cali, where I had to beat the Alpha Betas at the homecoming fair. I had to go in search of all the one-eyed Willie's treasure. Had to travel back in time to save my parents' marriage. I had to travel back in time to kill my enemy's mom. I had to travel back in time to write a history report. I orchestrated 